Okay, we're going to get off track by looking this up. Uh, also, apparently, we're saying it all wrong. It's Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda. You got to do the, so the do thing. No, I'm just going to do oh. Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda was in this, <laughs> this here picture show. And uh, my goodness, I did not know that he had such untapped talents. <laughs> my I, stars. Just, I kept my on saying to myself, Senor, you need to be doing more in Hollywood over there. Because <laughs> you're over in New York, and I don't know if you know, but Hollywood is in the other direction, and you need to get yourself on out there and quit hanging out in these heights. Just go forth and manifest your destiny out west. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really sad we can't put that out, but that's great. That's that amazing. What is that can't there? be your cold open. Well, I don't know. Please it's, make it your was, cold open. Maybe it could be. <laughs> that would be a great cold open. I mean, we, we're doing the exaggerated. I'm a dumbass American. That voice. would be it incredible. Be it's probably fine. It's my probably. dumbass if you're American voice. You're making fun of yourself. It's fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I am Vito. I am Mike. And I'm Jesse, and we are the Dad Fathers, uh, visited today by a dad mother, Liz. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's it's Liz. She's back. The, the mother of the name of this podcast. We're so happy to have her. Thank you for coming on, Liz. Liz! I'm very excited to be here. So today, we're, we're doing our new release episode uh, for the month of June. Uh, we've selected for this month, In the Heights. Uh, in the heights, keep, I think is what you mean. Keep going. No. Oh. <laughs> That's it. So We've we're got doing work this. And bills to pay in the heights. Uh, other things. Other things. <laughs> other things <laughs> about being it in the heights. It goes really fast. I'm not very good at fast singing. <laughs> in the heights, we're really high up here. It, we're scared we're going to fall. I don't think it's we're that in the kind heights of, height. of the. Well, they're in the top of New York City, so they they live. If you look at the map, they live near the top of all the skyscrapers. Oh wow, I totally <laughs> missed that, Vito. Yeah, yeah, all the way up there. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's like a weird classes thing where the rich live lower down and the poor are way up high. It's because that's you can fall exactly. So the streets were yeah. like an illusion. The, the, wow. It's there are yeah. streets on streets. It's hard to explain. Anyway, yeah. dumb. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, I had seen Snowpiercer, but I had no idea that this was supposed to be a prequel to it before walking in. <laughs> I didn't know what a commentary on class this was. Um, <laughs> it's great to see Bong Joon-ho and Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, collaborating Dude, so well. Dude, don't so even well. tease me, though. That would be amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> That's going to be the next big thing. He's going to just totally shake up. They're, they're together going to shake up musicals together. Dude, if, if Bong and Lin did a movie... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just imagining the possibilities. Please do that. Please. It might say something a little bit more insightful than this film does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we decided to cover this one because, you know, the world is, the America is sort of coming back from our, our time that must not be named. And there are new movies that are beginning to come out, uh, especially new movies that were supposed to have been new last June, like this one. We should have already seen this. And now it's finally here for us all to consume on HBO Max for a limited time and also in theaters and then therefore on demand thereafter. Sorry. And it's it's kind of cool to see this. I remember being really excited when it was announced and then the lead up to it. 
And then when it was pushed a year, there was a definite, oh boy, that's a long time. <laughs> but it's this kind of a big deal for all of us, right? We're all big Lin-Manuel Miranda fans, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we like him. We were so excited because we this movie came out like a few days before our anniversary and we were not going to see it in theaters because we couldn't find a babysitter. So we were going to sit at home and watch it, which unfortunately didn't happen because our Wi-Fi went out. Oh, oh the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> it was and a, then first was, world problem. It was a man. sad day. I was like at Starbucks trying to download it onto my phone <laughs> yeah. so that I could cast it onto my onto the TV. And uh, the, the Starbucks Wi-Fi was out too. Everybody's Wi-Fi was Starbucks. out. It was a blackout. Yeah, it actually it, was. It and basically was a bl- how fitting that was at the time. You were it's looking around like, who's setting off all these damn fireworks? Like, <laughs> did you sing fireworks about a hundred times? Oh yeah, fireworks. Oh, then keep saying we have no power. You keep saying that until yeah. it acquires a greater yeah. meaning. You hope, right? <laughs> I believe the yeah, the phrase is "we are powerless." We are, we are powerless. powerless. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for correcting me because if you didn't, a uh, friend of the pod, Dominic, would have sent me a very angry text sometime Monday or Tuesday morning after this releases saying, bro, you totally got that wrong. And I just want to say in your face, Dom, we got it. Thank and you, uh, we would have been powerless to stop that. <laughs> powerless. Powerless. Look at the fireworks. Look at the fireworks. Look at the fireworks. Look at the fireworks. <laughs> But we also have a little bit of a, a, a different connection, at least myself and, and Liz do. I, I am a part Latino. My, my great-grandma was born in Mexico and uh, married her husband there. My grandmother, my abuela, was born also in Mexico. My mother was born in the border town of Nogales, Arizona, uh, on the U.S. side. And yeah, Latino culture is something that's kind of always been relegated to guys named Hector who have baggy pants and huge shirts in movies that pull out guns and say essay a lot. And it's kind of nice that now we're living in this time where uh, the large Latino community, whether it be from the Dominican Republic or Cuba or Mexico or South America is widely represented in a huge way, especially in the form of a giant blockbuster. And I, I really, I really appreciate that. And I, I wanted to talk about this movie for that reason. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's basically why I'm here too. Because it really spoke to me also as a part Latino. And yeah, kind of like you, Vito. Um, <laughs> my grandfather was born in Mexico and came over during the Mexican Revolution and uh, married my grandmother here uh, while in California. And, you know, I just, a lot of the movie felt really familiar to me, not as something that I have gone through, but something that. Um, I heard a lot of stories told about uh, through the experience of my grandfather and my father and being Latinos and uh, a really changing culture, kind of fighting an uphill battle. So um, it really spoke to me uh, based on just all the experiences of my family. And that's one of the reasons why I was really excited about watching it. Yeah, beautiful. I I, I can't wait to dig into that as we go forward. Uh, In case you're not familiar with this film, listeners, In the Heights, is uh, about a few days in the life of this small neighborhood in this borough of New York, Washington Heights, way, way up north. As Lin-Manuel says, it's the second to last stop on the northbound train. <laughs> it's kind of a neighborhood that's not really well known. And yeah, it's about this, I, I guess it's a summer. I yeah, think it's a summer. It's, it's, it's definitely the yeah, summer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's primarily like the first few days and then like 
it ends at the end yeah. of the summer. Most yeah. of it and is yeah. really hot, and then Nina, uh, the college student, comes home for the summer. Yeah, Nina comes home for the summer. She's one of our main characters. She comes back to uh, her father's business, and she meets her love interest there, who she's grown up with, Benny, who's trying to take it over. But our main character really is Usnavi, who runs a bodega uh, that he's inherited from his parents, who dreams of going back home to the Dominican Republic to revive his father's bar, but also encountering Vanessa, who he's always had feelings for, and he doesn't know if he wants to leave her, but she is on her way out. She wants to go and work in fashion downtown. Um, we meet all four of these main characters together in the state of flux as everyone's moving around. That That's kind of the plot. Lots of musical numbers, though. Tons of musical numbers. That story, but like a lot of dancing. <laughs> a lot of dancing, a lot of songs. Rapping. Constantly rapping. Yeah. Great music. Really great. So this is directed by John Chu. Probably really famous now for doing Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a pretty big fan of that movie. Have you guys seen that one? I actually have not seen Crazy Rich Asian, Asians. I did see it. I like it. Not a it. fan? Okay. <laughs> no, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like Crazy <laughs> I, I had okay. a really good time with just the extravagant costumes and the sets, like being dipped into a world I knew nothing about. That, yeah. That's what I enjoyed from that movie. Yeah, fair enough. But he's also kind of known as, John Chu is known as a, a very big dance proponent, I guess. Like, he has done two Step Up movies. <laughs> step I, Up to the know, Streets. I have oh seen Step gosh. Up to the Streets. I ate yeah. that stuff up when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. I have seen Step Up to the Streets. Did you I like always, I, I don't remember it. I just love the name. It's, it's there, great. There's something brash about it. Oh, I what think about step they up danced 3D? in the rain. Oh, sick. <laughs> sick. I bet they looked like exactly how I picture myself looking like when I'm dancing in the rain. Of course. <laughs> and how you yeah. definitely do not look when you're dancing in the You've rain. You've never seen me dance in the rain, so you wouldn't know. The only part of Step Up to the Streets I remember is the credits when there's just a dude in a chair doing a bunch of like hand things. Oh, that's like, cool. Oh, dancing yeah. with his hands. I didn't even know that was possible until I saw it. So that was cool. Maybe that. in like maybe in like season eight or nine of of Not Your Father's movies, we'll cover all the Step Up movies. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. I will be back for that. <laughs> Not your father's Step Up to the streets. <laughs> well, that's the sequel. There's a Step Up. There's an original man. Yeah, honor ah. the original. <laughs> so he's he's known for kind of being involving involved in this. He also has this this dance franchise that runs on TV called the LXD, the League of Extraordinary Dancers. That he shepherded along, he directed several incarnations of of whatever this is. I, I had a hard time figuring out kind of what it, it's like. Performance piece. It's like a competition. It's it's like a couple things, but it, it serve it, it just shows he loves Dance. photographing the human body in motion. Yeah, and I think that shows even with like Crazy Rich Asians. Like there's multiple sequences of that movie that are very reliant on timing, and it's kind of beautiful to see. Um. Uh, upcoming That's for cool. him, we got two sequels to Crazy Rich Asians, <laughs> and uh, he's doing Wicked. Do you guys like Wicked? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's doing Wicked. He's doing the movie Wicked. This is news to me. I love Wicked. I have every word memorized. Holy oh cow. my gosh, I'm so excited right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. That does not have okay. to be in this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's it's gonna yeah. be there. Yeah. yeah. It's- I think the first, I mean, my wife will correct me when I'm wrong, but I believe the first Broadway show my wife ever saw was Wicked. Oh, um, she got to see, yeah. did she see the original cast? 
I don't think she was, I don't think so. I think she saw a couple years along, but it wasn't a part of the revival. Mm. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still have not listened to the whole thing. I, I kind of been meaning to, but I wonder if I've missed the boat. No, no, no. it's never too late. Yeah, we missed the boat. We no, missed it. <laughs> Jesse is just trying to guard against the multiple Slack messages of Vito discovering Wicked and loving it. No, yeah, we that ship has sailed. It's off port. It's no, it's somewhere no, sailing towards Tortuga. No, I already introduced Tortuga. our children to Wicked. I don't think I've told you this. What? <laughs> Have you played the songs for them? Yes. <laughs> they like it. Yeah, it's a musical. It's a great musical. They love it. I played some of In the Heights for them today. They really like that, too. Yeah. There's something attractive about musicals to kids and everybody. They're fantastic. They're yes. fantastic. Musicals are great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love them. Mike doesn't yeah. like musicals. I, I, li- I like, I, I've always, no, I like some musicals a lot. Um, Which, what, what are some musicals that you like a lot? I love Singing in the Rain. Um, okay. I love, uh, it's a pretty love, normie answer, but yeah, okay. I know. I love some of those old ones that are like really well known, sure. partly because of nostalgia. Yeah. I love, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, that's one of my that. favorite movies, which I actually got to see, um, Topol, Topol played Tevya for like 60 years, um, including in the movie. And he oh, was cool. in the, the traveling performance of Fiddler on the Roof. And I got to see, I think his last, um, tour doing it in LA at the Pantages. That was freaking awesome. Nice. He brought as much energy, more energy there than he did in the movie, which was unbelievable. And he was like wow. 70 years old. Nice. Uh, it, it was amazing. So wow. I, Les Mis, um, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, none of them are, are deep cuts yeah. in any way. It's fair. Um, You've but, never marketed yourself as a theater kid. So I, I, I never have, no. <laughs> no. But I, I can appreciate them. Hamilton is baller. Hamilton is baller. We can uh, all agree yeah. on that. Yeah. We all like Hamilton. Hamilton. Which is why Jesse, what, what, we were so excited for this. Yeah, what what are, what are your? Sorry, I know we're interrupting cast and crew, but I'm curious. Like, what do you like musicals, Jesse? Do I? Yeah. That doesn't I, sound like a yeah. Yeah, I do like <laughs> musicals. It just it depends. There are some musicals I do, and some I don't, and I don't know of a better way to say it. <laughs> like. Some musicals can be really exciting. Like I love La La Land. I think we talked about that earlier yeah. because that one is just, it's so exciting the whole way through and it's a deep dive into people's personal lives. That's also why I really like Hamilton because it's like, it's about a guy who's like, just becomes so insane, like focusing on his one particular goal and kind of loses everything. Yeah. And that's really interesting. I could talk about that for hours if need be. I don't have a list of musicals in my head, but sometimes they're just fun. Sometimes they're really deep and serious. Oh, Les Mis. Les Mis is another one of those, right? Yeah, I like it when it like deep dives into people. And it's also still fun and electrifying with big old sets of people all dancing around. That's great. But sometimes it can fall really flat and it stays on the surface and pretty shallow, which I think we'll talk about more on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. That's interesting, too, because the ones that it seems like the ones that I like the most as like an actual thing, like an actual work are and sounds like the ones that you like, too. They're actually Broadway productions or like they're 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 mm-hmm. stage productions primarily that are then put on the screen. They did a really great job moving those onto screen as opposed to something like Singing in the Rain or Rodgers and Hammerstein. Well, those are stage productions as well. Some of them. Some of them, you know, uh, La La Land. But we we love La La Land as well. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting. Bag. Yeah. yeah, it's a mixed bag. I, yeah. I can't make a generalization. I think I think I might be 
I don't, I don't know, Liz, but I think I might be the biggest fan of musicals here. I watch a lot of musicals. I, I listen to a lot of Broadway cast recordings yeah. on my in my free time. Like, if there's a new musical, I don't really care. Like, there was a great musical. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. A musical I enjoyed very, very much <laughs> came out a couple years ago called Anna and the Apocalypse, which is which is a musical that takes place in a high school when the the zombie apocalypse happens. Sounds during incredible. Christmas. <laughs> Oh, it's I'm really good. so in. I'm so in for this. <laughs> but I, I gotta I, check that out. I, one of the best moments of my life was being able to see uh, Chicago on on Broadway oh uh, a few years ago. Wow, that's so it was, great. Yeah, I was. It was stunning. Uh, how about you, Liz? Are you a bigger fan of musicals than me? I suspect the answer might be yes. I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> compete with you on this, but I will say that it doesn't have to be a good musical to bring me to tears. Like I react so emotionally to all musicals that I love them for being musicals, even if they suck. So yeah, I Rouge. love them. Yeah. I love Moulin Rouge. Don't um, talk about Moulin Rouge sucking on this podcast. <laughs> I will. I, actually, <laughs> I do not think that mu- that musical sucks. Jesse does. I love I do not Moulin think that musical Rouge. sucks. I love um, them. I love Moulin Rouge. But yeah, so like just sit me in front of a musical and I will enjoy it because it's a musical. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, but getting back to our, our current one at hand, I just wanted to like feel like get the temperature of the water. Yeah, you know about where we all are, uh, and it's good to know. I, I like where we're all coming from. Uh, so this this musical is based on the Broadway musical with music and lyrics by Lin Manuel Miranda and the book by Chiara Alegria Hutes, I believe is how you pronounce that. I, if you want to hear the correct pronunciations of a lot of things that I and other people on this podcast will butcher of the people who worked on this movie or who are in it, there is a very good three part spotify podcast interviewing the book writer and lin-manuel miranda and they talk about the whole process of where they came from with the show and how it turned into a movie i would highly recommend listening to that just and and please pardon us for the pronunciation i think we're pronouncing it you know okay personally (laughs) agreed oh you're doing just great jess (laughs) yes Wait, when you're when you're in your your, your southern drawl, are are you referred to as Jessup? Uh, yes. <laughs> I had no idea this was a book. No, it's not. It, when it's a musical on Broadway, the book oh. is every all the words that are not songs. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it was, I clearly know a lot about musicals. That's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's useless knowledge unless you care deeply. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. She has sole screenwriting credit on the movie. The show opened in March of 2008 on Broadway and was nominated for 13 Tony Awards, winning four Best Musical, Score, Choreography, and Orchestrations, and it won a Grammy for Best Musical Show Album, and was a finalist for the Pulitzer. One of three. That's wild. One of three. Uh, what Pulitzer? Like the drama. Best... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Best drama. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. So the show closed after three years with... 1184 regular shows that's wild that's an insane number of shows yeah, <laughs> and it closed with lin-manuel in the starring role um he's playing usnabi so he went lin-manuel talks about this in the podcast so if you want to listen to more of that in depth please find that podcast there we will be promoting it later on um, but he grew up slightly north of washington heights and he says that he considers washington heights his downtown <laughs> uh, where he would go to hang out for the nightlife but he, he wanted to write this musical to sort of encapsulate his childhood between moving between a, a very prestigious private school that he went to and then having to go back home to his sort of sort of less than prestigious neighborhood. Uh, it, it, as he puts it, 
learning to code switch between his culture and the culture he was supposed to be a part of, you know, speaking Spanish at home and then speaking English out in the world um, really influenced his view of people in his neighborhoods. Really he, he really broke big within the Heights. He workshopped it for a long time. I believe he wrote it in his sophomore year in college and worked on it more. Um, but he's also in a ton of, at this time, he's in a ton of TV and movies. He was in Sesame Streets, How I Met Your Mother, House, The Odd Life of Timothy Green. And all that's happening kind of concurrently within the Heights, slightly after. And then Hamilton hits him. Hamilton uh, opens with him in the starring role in August of 2015. Miranda earned 3% off every performance, earning him $12.7 million that's by June wild. of 2017. It's wild. Yeah. But... If it wasn't him, that show would not work to start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He used to carry yeah, he's the whole thing on his back. Amazing Hamilton. Yeah. We're gonna have to do that at some point, guys. I really want to do that. That's that'd be a hard one to do. Uh, yeah, I when it's we so do great, our I mean, musical yeah. series. <laughs> That's yes, like doing Lord of the Rings. <laughs> There's gonna be like screaming and crying and, and <laughs> dancing. It's gonna be a whole thing. Maybe we'll have to live stream it. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> Watch Vito cry in real time. Yeah. His unrealized dreams. <laughs> so he was nominated again for a Tony for Best Actor. And the show itself was nominated for a record-breaking 16 nominations. Manuel personally winning two. After that, he is everywhere. Lynn Manuel Miranda just infiltrates the, the public consciousness. There's nowhere you yeah. can look. Yeah. Mary Poppins returns. He's in two episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm for which he wins his Emmys for that appearance. Nice. Um, Bojack. Yeah. We all love Bojack. Bojack. Yeah. No, I yeah. hate Bojack. I don't know who he is, though. Who, who is, is he, he himself? Bojack? Is he himself in Bojack? He is not himself in Bojack. He, I think, plays one of, I don't remember who he is. It's someone. I looked it up. I was going to write it down, but the name was, you know, Bojack Horseman character names are kind of meaningless when you read them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost need a yeah. picture and be like, oh, that animated character. Yeah. <laughs> what about Curb Your Enthusiasm? Who is he in that? He's, he's himself in Curb he, Your Enthusiasm. I don't remember him at all. What does he do? What embarrassing think, situation does he get himself involved in? I don't know. I, I'm sure that he it. probably shames Larry David in some way. I mean, everybody does. <laughs> I figured it was a safe thing to say. Yeah. yeah. But he also does the music for Moana. I have to shout it out. It's my daughter's favorite movie. Oh, heck yeah. Of all time. Pretty oh. great. Yeah, that's the preferred Disney musical because the music doesn't suck. The music's great. Just as a side <laughs> note, I got Jesse a Bose soundbar for um, our anniversary, and the first thing he played on it to test it out was Moana. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. And, awesome. and you say movie. you don't like musicals. <laughs> and the, yeah, it's true. If Disney counts as musicals, then I, no. I like musicals. No, it doesn't. Tarzan. Tarzan's a good musical. Don't even. Tarzan is a great musical. <laughs> I don't even know if we can open that can of worms right now. <laughs> uh, but I will say for the soundbar, the first movie we watched was in the Heights. That, true. that broke our sound. Not broke, but broke open. But we, we broke, broke it in. in. Yeah. There it is. There you go. <laughs> you found it. <laughs> so just to wrap up, Lynn Manuel, this is um, I think this might be the year, and we'll check back in at the end of the year episode. I think this might be the year where I get tired of Lin-Manuel. So he, oh, yeah? he's already executive produced a documentary on Rita Marino called Rita Marino, Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It. Next, then now we have In the Heights. Next, we're going to get his story writing and voice talents in Vivo, an animated movie about a monkey. 
Then it's going to be followed by Encanto, where he's doing original songs but not starring, also an animated movie. And then we will have Tick, Tick, Boom, which is his feature directorial debut of Jonathan Larson's second and last musical after Rent. Jonathan Larson is one of his biggest heroes, idols, and Rent is the single thing that has influenced him more than anything else in the world. So we're going to see one, two, three, four, five Lin-Manuel projects this year. That's wild. Four of them are musicals. That might be too many. Yeah. I don't know why they're doing it all this year. Because well, this this got pushed. This was supposed to be last year, but four of them were supposed to be this year. Or I think I think he managed just... to make Tick Tick Boom in the last couple years. Okay. So I don't think that was supposed to have kind of happened in the it, same year. It, it's very strange. Why it's there's wild. so much? It's like it's going to be a glut, and I think everyone's going to get kind of sick of him. Unfortunately. Yeah, that is unfortunate. It's weird. It's weird that he wouldn't have done something to avoid it. I, I don't know what else you could do. Yeah. You know, because yeah. because like Bebo is for Pixar and Encanto is for Sony, I believe. Hmm. And then Tick, Tick, Boom is another different studio. And then the documentary is just him executive producing. And then this one is like his baby that he's not doing anything with, except that he's the Piragua guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I'm excited for Tick, Tick, Boom, though. Yeah. I mean, like Andrew Garfield starring should be interesting should be interesting should be interesting a lot of angst it is. yeah yeah i mean i didn't know about any of this so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not in the movie world except when jesse's like here's the next movie we're gonna watch for the podcast and I'm like, okay <laughs> well i think you'll be seeing at least bebo and encanto being pushed to you very aggressively as parents of because young children parent, yeah. <laughs> I, we'll i'm sure it will i still haven't seen uh the new pixar movie that came out luca and that's been pushed yeah, to me a lot. Either. It's in my kids' yeah. Happy Meals. It's <laughs> have toys of it now. It, it is the most aggressive marketing for a movie that it feels like the studio just totally gave up trying to market. Like, yeah. They just don't seem to care about it, but it's everywhere. It's like at the last minute, they're like, wait, do we like this movie? <laughs> well, like, should we shit, do we something? This money? <laughs> also, it's is free. Is this the only movie? Did... It's free yeah, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Like, I thought it was yeah. going to cost 30 bucks, like Ray and the Last Dragon or the other one before that. I think it was Mulan. But no, yeah. it's just free. You can watch Great. it right now. I did. Is it good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. They really like Vespas. Let's put it that way. The I mean, whole dude, movie is about <laughs> wanting to get a Vespa. Everybody likes a Vespa. It's dude. about two boys wanting a Vespa. <laughs> I can except say fish in people. Italy, they really like Vespas there. They do, except these are fish people. Huh? And then when they come on land, they turn into normal people, and they really want Vespas. Huh. That is the elevator pitch for Luca. Huh. <laughs> my response is huh yeah you gotta watch it but we're also gonna see him next year or the year after doing original songs for the remake of the little mermaid wait what yes. speaking of fish people <laughs> original songs with alan menken who did the other original songs oh, for boy. little mermaid it's okay. a lot i can't it's a lot i i really don't care exactly because I really but don't care about the Little Mermaid. Who cares about the Little Who is pushing for a Little Mermaid live action remake? Who's like, yes, this is the one. I want a 16-year-old girl to go up and get married to a prince. That is what I'm looking for in my cinema. You know, who is pushing for a 101 Dalmatians prequel? <laughs> who is pushing for that? <laughs> and you? We got Cruella. You were. <laughs> you were. Yeah. Yeah. That was entirely like, your force alone that that occurred. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> but I think this is, if he doesn't win an Oscar this year, he will never win an Oscar. And if he does, he will be an EGOT. EGOT. Yes. 
Sorry, Liz has no idea when the EGOT is. An Emmy, you need to a watch Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. Oh, I'm sorry. There are not that many people. That, like, a, there's like 30 people that have that. It's, it's Emmy, amazing. Yeah, to win yeah. All of Emmy, them. Grammy, Oscar, Tony. It's really, it's really hard to win major awards and music and I film. I mean, that makes everywhere. sense. I just didn't know. I sounds like egret to me, and I just didn't know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I just it's mentioned okay. it. Okay, moving quickly here. Movie stars Anthony Ramos. He is in both the stage shows of this and Hamilton, both times playing Lin Manuel Miranda's son. Mm-hmm. Um, Very interesting. Oh. Uh, oh, well, sorry. And then not quite son, younger cousin, younger cousin in In the Heights, and then his son in Hamilton. He plays the sunny role in. Oh, in the gotcha Heights. in in the in the Broadway production. in the Broadway show. Yeah, oh, but okay. he plays he plays um, Usnavi Usnavi in this. Yeah, he's also oh, gotcha. in Star Is Born. He's in Godzilla: King of Monsters, and he will soon be starring in Transformers: Beast Wars. So excited! Oh, the reboot of Transformers. Can you hear the Wait. eye rolls? Because they're Can't all rolling. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, more than meets the eye, guys. <laughs> Rar. Uh, it also stars Corey Hawkins, previously mentioned in Kong Skull Island, but also Six Underground, Black Klansman, and Straight Outta Compton. Huh. He plays uh, Benny. Uh, Leslie Grace playing Nina. This is her first film credit, but she is a Latin music star, nominated for three Latin Grammys. And then oh, uh, Melissa Barrera. Wait, sorry, Leslie is Nina? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then Melissa Barrera is uh, Vanessa. She has worked in a lot of Mexican TV. She will, after this, be in the new Scream movie and is going to be Carmen in the feature film adaptation of Carmen based on oh, the opera no. Carmen? <laughs> what? I could see her doing I, that. Okay. Definitely. She's got the attitude. Oh, yeah. Wild. I'm just more surprised that we're going to get They're a new it. feature film adaptation of Carmen. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's kind of what that's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be either. I'm I love intrigued. Carmen. It's going to be Carmen. Yeah. I just remember that. Da, 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 da. That's what that everybody Carmen? remembers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like in order to make a movie, you have to have a thought of what that scene is going to be like. Yeah. I, the pressure is intense. I yeah. do not envy the filmmaker having to come up with something that's going to knock everyone's socks off for that. Have you seen like an opera adaptation into film ever? It's yeah, tough. Rent. <laughs> well, that's not an opera. It's based on La Boheme. Well, yeah, but that, <laughs> I mean, have you seen La Boheme yes. as a movie? Well, I saw it filmed. Yeah, I saw it filmed as well. And they actually have a really nice film, like, like movie version of it, but it's still like, this is an opera that's that they've dressed up with scenery or whatever. Right. It's, it's just, it's very weird to me that it's like a, they're going to put an opera into a feature film. Do you think it's going to be like a popra? Like, are we going to get like some spicy I, I, beats? I really hope not. <laughs> Do you guys remember in like the early 2000s where the whole thing was about remixing classical music with, with pop music? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the piano guys? Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, I hope it's not that. <laughs> Last three people I want to mention because they all tie in together nicely is Olga Meritas, Jimmy Smits, and Stephanie Beatriz. Because they're all in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so Olga Meredith's uh, small role in Place Beyond the Pines and Requiem for a Dream, but also Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then Jimmy Smith, he's Senator Bale Organa from all the Star Wars prequels. And also he's right. in like a thousand episodes of NYPD Blue and LA Law and Sons of Anarchy. Those are all equally long shows in my mind. Impossibly long shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then Stephanie Beatrice, you know, it's it's Rosa, it's Detective it's, Rosa. It she plays such a different character in this movie than yeah. she plays in Brooklyn Nine Nine. It is very odd. It's very odd <laughs> to see her to see her not be Rosa. 
I, I think I made the comment to you off mic, Mike, that it looked like she was, it was a relief for yeah. her to be able to move her face <laughs> in some way that wasn't just a sardonic eyebrow lift. Yeah. <laughs> to smile most of the time. Yeah. Oh, last thing I wanted to mention is Olga Meredes actually originated the role of Abuela Claudia on Broadway in In the Heights, and they brought her back for the movie. I think that's really, really cool. Awesome. That's awesome. I think that in 2008, she was probably great, but now more than 10 years later, she's probably even better than she ever was. That's who I had. I just wanted to highlight this huge, diverse cast, and I missed a bunch of people, but I also just, that that's who I had. Those are the big players. Moving to first impressions. Uh, Liz, as our guest, would you like to give us your mini review you know, are you going to show this to your kids? When? What did you think? All that stuff. Yeah, I can go for it. <sighs> so I really enjoyed watching this movie. It was really fun. Um, I enjoyed the music. I loved the theme. It meant a lot to me, you know, for the reasons that I talked about at the beginning of this show. I think that there was a lot missing with the depth of the characters, and that bugged me. They were very one-dimensional, and um, it was hard to relate to them as individuals, although um, there was some stuff there. So um, that was a little disappointing because the, I loved so many other parts of the movie. Um, I just loved all the dance numbers, and it was just so colorful, and everybody was so alive. And it felt nostalgic to me just because it got to the heart of, like, missing your childhood and the carefree the carefreeness that can be an aspect or like a huge part of everyone's childhood depending on how you grew up and i felt like it got to the heart of that you know regardless of race and i thought that was really really neat i would absolutely show this to my kids um it's you know part of their heritage to be talking about some of the themes of this movie um, you know, the, the Latino struggle in America is a theme that has come up in my family and, you know, that's where they come from. So I want them to be thinking about that. I think this movie grasped it as a whole in a way that I haven't really seen in major film before. Um, and I just thought that was so neat. As for when, definitely, probably not until they're a lot older, just because... You know, there are more mature things to be thinking about and just a lot happens. Um, so, you know, probably mm, early to mid teenage years. But yeah, I would absolutely show it to my kids. So that's my nice. two minute review. Uh, I think I gave it a three and a half stars on Letterboxd. You did. And I think I s stick to that. Very nice. What, do, you, do you agree with this, Jesse? <laughs> Would you show it to your kids? <laughs> I, I think I'll start out by saying I feel in no way compelled to show it to our kids because I didn't really like it. I felt like it was really, it started out great. Like it starts out like showing you in the heights, right? That's what it starts out with, with the, the clicking and then like everybody coming into a snobby shop and you're seeing like what this neighborhood is like. And then you never quite grasp that. It, it, feel, it felt like the there's a lot of setup here that's really cool and makes you say, oh, that's a cool idea, right? This idea of this neighborhood working together and, and falling apart and everybody chasing a, a dream, right? And sometimes attaining it and sometimes it's not quite what they wanted. But I, I never like felt like I was getting that the entire time. Like, I always felt like I'm getting a song setting up for how that could possibly happen. But then there's almost no payoff. 
So ended up feeling kind of bored through a lot of it. Mm. I liked, I like like three of the songs. I three of the songs are very good, and then a lot of those songs to me are forgettable. Also, there are some characters that I actively disliked on screen. Like mm-hmm. please, uh, the salon ladies, man, please take those. <laughs> they are so obnoxious. <laughs> like, and then. And then also Nina, I couldn't stand Nina and her relationship with Benny. Like what? I don't know what these songs are, but let me listen to, to my the... block. Let me listen to my block. Oh, all let right? me listen to my. Who <laughs> says that? Who just stops and says, "I'm going to listen to my street and the people playing basketball"? Like, no, you don't need to do that. They're playing right in front of you. You can hear. You can smell it. You don't need to take a deep breath in. Come on, Nina. Plus, like, just go to college. Just go to college, <laughs> Nina. We all know that's the best option for you. Why are you resisting? Or right, I know why you're resisting. You go into that in detail in, like, three songs. Why did she get all the songs? Like, there's Vanessa and Usnavi who are there, and, like, they never get these romantic songs, and it's, like, her and Benny. What is Benny's character doing here in the first place? Like, he does nothing. He's just serving as a person's boyfriend and then as a dispatcher, and he has no other role. And you're, I, you're sounding a lot like like Nina's dad here. <laughs> <laughs> I I sympathized a lot with his dad. It's like, dude, you are the man. You were like, you're doing what it takes to send your daughter to college to get her a better life than you had yourself. Right on, dude. As a dad, mad respect. But like, uh, she, yeah. So I'm like, she, you're just a bratty little daughter. Anyway, so. <laughs> he's not listening i'm sorry Sorry. so yeah didn't really like nina and benny there's some there's some really cool ideas going on here and some really fun songs that were still really enjoyable to watch on screen so i rated it like a two and a half and i am in no way compelled to let my kids watch it but i'm I'm not gonna gonna see it i'm not gonna fight them (laughs) yeah it's not something that i'm like no they can't see but like eh, you won't be there I yeah. <laughs> keep the family peace. Keep the family yeah. peace. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how about you? Yeah, I was. I don't know. I was a little disappointed when I saw it the first time. Um, I I had it on in the background again. I actually enjoyed it more in the background than I did. Um, like spending two and a half hours watching it. The music was fun. I luck liked being able to be like, oh, this is a fun scene, and focus on it for like ten minutes, and then go back to whatever I was doing. Because. Uh, yeah, man, the song, the dance, it's all it's all like the the spectacle is it's very spectacular. But it does kind of like it seemed like it was gearing up to to be very to make I don't know, a bold statement of yeah. some sort. A statement. Um, a, sta- a, a statement. And the statement that it makes, while I think it's important or what it's kind of about about this idea of I don't know, sort of sort of needing Usnavi's decision. Well, I, I, I yeah. The, the the decision that it's building up to, it, it ended up falling a little flat with all the other things that it sort of fell flat next to. Mm. I uh, I didn't mind Benny. I kind of liked Benny um, <laughs> and Nina. Like, they were cool. They had the best, like, musical routines for sure. Oh, um, yeah, they did. But how yeah. does the song go that they were singing? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I, but that's okay. I just remember the dispatch one because I literally could not understand a single thing Benny was saying because it was so fast. Yeah. yeah and so then fast. the only thing that she says into the into the the the, the thing is just like, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. Like it, it was definitely like you can see Lin Manuel Miranda's craft um, in the way that he very deftly uses music and phrasing to uh, express like like the nervousness that I have felt around women mm-hmm. that I really want to ask out and don't. Yeah, um, like that was great. That was fun. But you know, I I feel the same way, Jesse. Like I don't really feel any strong desire to show this to my kids. They'll they might see it eventually but you know it's not not a huge thing for me i i I have to mostly agree with liz here i i really like the stuff i really like about this movie i love and the stuff i don't like about this movie i'm kind of pissed off at oh you didn't give your rating what's your rating oh what's my rating i gave it uh two and a half stars okay no i gave it three stars i gave it three stars i i gave it three because i the stuff that i like is very like i made a list i rewatched i watched it twice when I rewatch it, I did I did a, a number one for the stuff that I didn't like and an A for the stuff I did like. And then I went down in order. So two is, the you know, and I ended up with one more thing that I liked than I didn't like. Oh, I disliked eight things and I liked nine things. Huh. It's very uh, systematic of you. It's, it's the only way I could do it. And in doing it so systematically, I realized that I don't really like anything that happens after 96,000. <laughs> after that, like... I, I, I'm, you're watching if you're like mm. charting the growth of the characters and the songs that they're doing. None of the payoff is very good. The setup is fantastic. Yeah, the yes. setup is almost perfect. Like the first half of this movie is a great movie, and then as a movie, I really feels like it, it doesn't know what to do. I think it sets itself up to do something that it wasn't interested in, or it forgot about, or it was trying to say something different than what came across on screen. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Usnavi and Vanessa. I actively don't like them together. I like them separately. They're great characters separately. I like Benny and Nina together. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Like Usnavi and Vanessa, by the end when Vanessa comes to Usnavi and is like, I'm just, I'm too late. Oh, I wanted to be with you. I was like, what? You, what you did? Really? (laughs) Neither of you seem to like each other very much. Like you seem like you have crushes on each other, but you don't seem to know anything about the other person because it doesn't really seem like there's much to know. Usnavi has his suanito, right? his little dream, right, of going off to the Dominican Republic. And then Vanessa has her suanito of, of going and being a fashion designer. Yeah. And they both get really frustrated. Yeah. Well, may as well be together. I think I just mentioned a little bit ago, but like, like Benny and Nina, they get like at least two very romantic songs together or fun songs no, together. No, they get, they get Benny's dispatch, right? And oh, then they yeah. get the one by the basketball courts, right? Mm-hmm. And then they get the one at the end where they get to dance on the side of the apartment building. Yeah. That's like a love story. Usnavi and Vanessa, they got like this one in the apartment, right? Where where they're talking about champagne. Yeah. They get and he's like focusing on the champagne rather than talking to her. Yeah. Right. So they're not really having a dialogue together, not really having a fun moment together. And then again in a club, I guess it, I, I guess that's the song. But he's not really he's not even like participating in that very much. Yeah. So it's not even yeah. like they're singing together. And yeah. then they also have uh, the when he the asks Barrio you, Carnival, right? And yeah, the Carnival. Yeah. yeah. So that that's three, and then they have two other scenes in his bodega, right, where he can't ask her out, and then his cousin does ask her out. Two separate scenes, right? Yeah. So they have more time. We're led to believe these. This is the more central couple around whom we're supposed to base everything. Plus, we have this framing device, which I really hate. It's not present in the Broadway musical. In the Broadway musical, instead of him talking to kids and there being this fake reveal of the beach not being a beach and actually just being the bodega, yeah, I spoiled it. 
it's actually just right. Lin-Manuel Miranda talking to the audience, which makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't know why they couldn't just break the fourth wall for this too. Yeah. Like, the, the stuff I don't like, I really don't like. And I think fundamentally does not work in this film adaptation. But the stuff that does work, specifically, three scenes. Number one, In the Heights. In the Heights, I have watched seven times. That's great. That, oh, when, when, it, when it shows Usnavi looking out his window and you see his face and the reflection of the people all start to dance in unison, I get chills. It is Very one cool. of the best moments in any movie musical I've seen in like 20 years. It's it's so electrifying. It feels so beautiful and so full of life. Two, 96,000 oh, as a whole thing. So There's great. so much style and verve and movement and this 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 manic liminal energy, right? Yeah. Where we are desperate people. What are we going to do to get out of this? 96,000, right? Like I could actually have it. Yeah. I could actually get it. Yeah. And like the characters, like all of your characters are, are they're being like, ah, no, nah, this isn't going to happen. Well, I do this, I do this. But then they have a moment like, you know, if I had it, um, <laughs> you never just done see so me, you well. never hear from me again. <laughs> never see me again. Oh, yeah. Which is a wild, like, like, like that's really fat. That's fascinating. Yeah. That this is their desire is to never see these people again. Yeah. That's a fascinating thing. Yeah. That I'll, this I'll, is this community, this tight knit community. All everyone there has that desire. Yeah, but also like my favorite little like split second clip from that musical. Uh, is when Usnavi asks Vanessa what she's going to do with it, and she immediately <laughs> goes off on like her like operatic like pop, with her operatic pop voice, and like he just rolls his eyes and walks off screen. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, "Damn, I was joking, all right." I was joking. <laughs> I hope you don't win it because then you're going to win. Then he just yeah, his face is so great, but it also makes me wonder like why why are we rooting for them to be together? I can't remember now. I, I felt like they had more like like their characters made m the most sense in that moment of any in the movie. Like it was yeah. like, oh, these people know each other. They're friends. Mm -hmm. Like I have that conversation. Oh, yeah. I've had that sort of conversation and interchange with with people. Every time the Powerball gets drawn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would I do if I won the Powerball? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like that, that is in, in talking about this. I, I rated three. I don't know if I already said that, but three stars. I will show this to my kids uh, because of what Liz said. There's not enough about la the Latino population in America that is not just gang or violence or drug related. And I'm really appreciative of that. I just want more of that. I, I, I had a really hard time sort of accepting that I was Latino for a very, very long time because in popular culture, especially, you know, in the, in the Bush era and growing up in a red state, there was a an intense feeling of being looked down on for being that way because you look out the window of your car and you'd see migrant workers in the fields mm -hmm. and they looked like you looked but other people wouldn't talk to you like that they would say those people are other mm -hmm. it's okay you're in the club and i kind of thought of myself as a white person but i'm half like not white <laughs> and it took a really long time to to, to get there, I guess. And I don't want my kids to, to feel that way. Yeah. I don't want them to kind of have this other heritage that we don't kind of acknowledge. It's only when we watch, I don't know, you know, some sort of gangland movie in LA where <laughs> they see people who look like them. Um, yeah. Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, yeah. So In the Heights, I think is really important for that. And it made me it's connect with that in, in a really deep way. And it, it just to transition into our next segment, I want to name my favorite musical number. Well, well, before we go there, I, I, I actually, so 
I, I might change a little bit. I'm, I'm waffling. This might be something that I want to show my kids because of that. That's actually a really good point because it is like the only thing that I can think of where it's like, Hey, you know, like the Latino heritage is celebrated and, you know, living in Southern California. That's, that's a big thing. I don't think that this is a perfect movie Absolutely by any, not. any standing. So I kind of hope before then something like this and better comes that I can sort of use as, I don't know. Like, like to be able to show them to open that um, conversation. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, but it's not, yeah. this is a good. I don't what, know. What if I were to propose that Spider-Man into the Spider Verse does it a little better? <laughs> it does. It does. It, it, and my yeah. daughter loves that. Yeah. My daughter loves that. She loves Miles. Yeah. She 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 thinks about Miles all the time. Yeah. She wants to talk about Miles all the time. She wants to see into the Spider Verse again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like you just have to add though. I don't know if you feel this way, Liz, but I, I, I consciously over the last several years since I've had some of these realizations, I've tried to consciously like add things to the library, right? Mm -hmm. Of, of this is culture. This should be culturally important. This is how I want you to see your culture. And so, like, I can't wait to show my kids Coco. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, that's such a big one. Yeah, and and I, you know, this one for being flawed, it's I think it still belongs there. Do you think? I, mean, I you think, so think so too, because it just gets at the deep pride that I think you and I both have about our culture and you know so many of us do and yeah it is flawed but I think that that's still there and um Claudia and her being the matriarch um just gets at like the importance of family and community that's a really one of the one of my favorite things about uh Latino culture and I think there's there's a lot to be proud of um, and a lot to love about that. And I think that um, Coco really gets at that. And um, this movie makes a good try at it. Um, and I think that I think maybe the struggle within the Heights is that there is so much hype. And I feel like so much of it was like, we did it. We have like a major movie about Latinas in American culture. Here it is. Enjoy. Um, and they kind of prioritize that over the story itself. And that's why yeah. we ended up disappointed. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Because uh, that actually brings me into into talking about uh, my favorite scene, my favorite musical number is actually Paciencia y Fe. The yeah. first time I watched it, I was very... I was very touched by it in a way that made me sort of want to reject it. And the second time through watching it, I I was very struck because I was thinking about my, can, my abuela. Can you explain the scene just a little bit? So uh, Paciente y Fe in the film takes place after the blackout has happened, after 96,000, after Usnavi and Vanessa have their their They date. break up, sort of. They Yeah, it's They it's sort terrible. of date and then they sort yeah. of break up. It's awful. It's and while they're looking watch. at the fireworks. They're looking look at, at the fireworks. fireworks. Look at the fireworks. I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone's actually looking at the fireworks because everyone's telling everyone else to look at them. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of shouting. The, it's just the blind leading the blind here. Well, it's like a bunch it's, of people saying, "Look yeah. at the fireworks," and then it's Benny and Nina being like, "This isn't gonna work." And then Vanessa and Usnavi oh. being like, "Being like, why are you shaking your ass for all of the, the for Washington all Heights?" Of Washington and she's Heights. like, "She's like, f you, dude." <laughs> like seriously, nice one. Yeah. So the fireworks might actually be the relationship fireworks going on that we're supposed to be looking at, in fact. Mm. Subtext. Deep. Whoa. <laughs> Dude. You remember, do you remember in Bo Burnham's Make Happy when he does the country song and he goes, it's subtextual. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> Not Make Happy. 
That is how. <laughs> it, is, it is make happy. No. Yeah, like it's the country Ooh. song. Dom, let me. us know which one it is. Yeah, yeah I, I, somebody. Bet you, I bet you, I bet you $10 to make happy. I just watched it like two days ago. <laughs> this matters so much. Look at look at the face. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, no, my dad right. said you couldn't right. bet on something Thank that you. you knew for absolutely certain. Dad lost a lot of bets, I guess. Uh, he didn't make them. I don't know. I thought about that for a while, and I just don't understand that. that like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you know it's for sure, don't make money off of it. Yeah, it's like, I, I've never understood You're taking like, what advantage. he was trying to explain. That's okay. I think he just wanted me not to bet, not That's to true. gamble, <laughs> and like... It worked. I don't gamble. But looping it back but around. But looping back around. Sorry. Yeah, that was a total non-sequitur. So at the end, everyone is back at Abuela Claudia and Usnavi's apartment uh, celebrating kind of the blackout. You know, we got some of the salon ladies here, Stephanie, Beatrice, people playing cards and having fun. And uh, Abuela Claudia is not feeling so well. She goes to her room. Uh, Usnavi tucks her in. And she has something that I think is is beautiful on its own. I don't think that the movie earns it because it's so blisteringly emotional and raw in a way that the rest of the movie simply is not. And if it, it comes out of left field really hard and you're kind of rocked. And that's why initially I kind of pushed back against it. I was like, Whoa, what is, what are we doing here? But the longer I listen to the lyrics and is watching uh, uh, the, the performance on screen and the, the gorgeous direction behind the way that they swap everyone out and talking about how everyone on the street looks like me and growing up in Cuba and how it's, it's awful but not that awful. Her mother told her it was awful and then mama needed work. So we got to go to New York. And then the fear and the pain of having to clean all these houses on the East side and the, the burns in their hands and, and nothing works. And the terror at being made to force to speak a language they don't understand and constantly living in poverty and no one lets them up and nothing makes any sense. And now she's at the end Abuela Claudia is at the end of her life. And she's just looking back on it. Like I, I, I got here, mama. I did it. Okay, I never had any kids of my own. I just tried to take care of my neighborhood. What's it all for? Should I stay? Do I leave? I'm so tired. And it, it, it was it was really emotional for me to watch mm -hmm. that. Because I, 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 I work in the service industry myself, and I've had a lot of racist shit said to me over the years. I've had I've had people who, who assume I don't speak English and simply speak simple English very loudly at me as if by enunciating these simple words clearly and at ear-breaking levels, I will somehow understand if I didn't know the language. And I could I could really feel her pain in a very small way. I get I mean I live a great life. I I I was born here. I get to have all this access to all this privilege that I have that she had no way to get. But in a small way I felt a kind of empathy with her. And thinking back about the stuff that my abuela went through and my piece abuela went through and yeah, I, I I just never thought about this in this way and was never so affected by it. But Paciencia y Fe, it, it really broke my heart. And I was I was so sad that that she had to go, but I was so happy too that she found some meaning in her life as hard as it was. That that's that's my favorite scene. It, it yeah, it, it it's the best scene in the movie, I think. Broke yeah. my heart. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, this, frankly, this is why I'm here to watch this movie. This is what Hamilton is full of to the brim. And it's like, oh, you finally get, you finally get that in this movie, like deep diving into somebody. And they're like, just, this was just a random character because she's in this movie for a little bit, right? She's referenced yeah. a lot. She hosts a lot. 
Usnavi lives with her. Yeah. 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 And she gives advice a lot. And you see her yeah. a lot because she lives with this Navi. And like you're finally understanding like why she's there and what she's thinking the entire time. And like this this weird crossroads that they were at when they were younger, where like she, she had wanted to stay back where she was from because that's where her friends were. She could see the stars instead of streetlights, she says. But there wasn't food, but there's food in New York. So they went there. And there's work. And her mother worked till she died. And she and also that's why she doesn't want Usnavi to go to um, the Dominican Republic and repair his bar because she sees that if he does that, if he does his dream, then he will end up just like her mom and just working himself to the bone. And his children will be inheriting the dreams just like she has inherited her mother, she says. And that is a... That's weird. That's not really talked about a whole lot, like inheriting yeah. your parents' dreams. They they give it to you twice with, with Usnavi and, and him and also with Nina. Nina yeah. rebels against her, her father in a way, but then goes yeah. forward with, with that dream sort of on her own terms. Yeah. I kind of mean in general, yeah. and they do yeah. in this movie. And I oh, think that's oh, really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's one yeah. of those things where like I think that's a really cool topic that should be talked about more because anytime people bring up dreams in general, it's always like, it's always like, that's a good thing. You have to go for that. And I didn't quite get that here. And I thought that was kind of neat. And there's a lot of nuance specifically in this song that it really dives into. It, it felt like a different movie almost. Yeah. It felt like an mm-hmm. entirely different musical. And I kind of want to see that musical. Um, <laughs> like, I really want to see that musical. I want to see that story. It's amazing that they, they have like two showstoppers, right? I think fireworks is supposed to be a showstopper. Mm, I don't think uh, it works very well, but I think that's in, in the structure of the musical. I think that's what it's supposed to be. But then Paciencia y Fe is such a, like, what is this? Yeah. Like between this and 96,000, these are two such very different songs, but they're the strongest kind of ones here yeah. besides your opening number, right? The opening number always has to be huge and flashy and land. But then those two are very diametrically opposed but incredibly powerful uh, individually in way different ways. Yeah. Two of which, and, and they don't function well in this musical as a whole, you know, but like in Hamilton, we get this sort of interplay again and then he lands it, right? It, yeah. It, it, it comes home. Every song in there feels it's necessary for this to be there. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I, I don't know. There's like entire, there's entire bits. Like I'm the ending song between Benny and Nina. Ah. I don't remember a single line from that song or yeah. a single note. See, that's the thing. I love the dancing. I love the being on the yeah. side of the on the side of the roof. And I remember like something symbolic about the sunset. Maybe they're going to be together or not. You're talking I, about the sunset. Yeah, I don't remember anything. <laughs> they're literally talking about it. Oh yeah, that that's is it. what they're talking. Yeah, the song is about the sunset, right? See, I don't but even know. Don't even know being jogged, I can't figure out what on earth the song was. Yeah, it's like we're in love and young and whatnot. I, okay, I was gonna what's, say. What's your favorite though? That, I was gonna say that was my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, ninety-six thousand and and paciente, paciente y fe, paciente y fe, paciente. Okay, um, patience and faith. Patience and faith. Um, those are beautiful scenes. The opening scene is a ton of fun, and even the carnival barrio yeah. scene is a ton of fun as well. But that was the scene that took my breath away. Like, I honestly, like, I don't know if I had just forgotten what movie I was watching because it was so freaking long at this point. Yeah. But I thought she was going to fall. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought they were going to fall. 
Um, watch the movie ends with both of them pretending to walk on the side of the wall, and then they all fall to the ground and die. I don't know. I think I think I must have fallen asleep, and then just like woke up to that. I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna fall. <laughs> this is just like my dad energy rose. I'm like, no, don't do this. Um, but it was like I I don't know. It was a. Uh, I think what it was was that it maybe encapsulated sort of the. It was it was the moment of pure dream. And I feel like that's, that's actually, th- this is actually why I kind of like uh, uh, Nina and Benny's relationship contrasted with Usnavi and Vanessa. Vanessa, because I think like they represent sort of a dream couple. There's nothing about it that seems especially real or long lasting. Like the idea is basically he's going to go to the West Coast with her, right? Along with so. her father and go to school and like, I think those sorts of relationships don't necessarily tend to last very long. The ones that I've seen where that occurs don't last. I, I definitely was watching it going. I don't think that one's going to last. Yeah. yeah. But th- these are, this is a young couple in love who aren't especially, aren't especially practical. They both have big dreams and they're going to go places. He's a company man and she's kind of a free thinker, you know? Well, yeah, but a classic she, couple. she's, she's oh. in college, you know? And like, he's, he's like, Hey, I want to go corporate. I want to do this stuff. It's cool. Like, it's cool. These people are going to go places and it's awesome well, to see them kind of come together like that. Isn't, isn't his job ending? He'll find another one. Yeah, he'll find another <laughs> one. Well, look, he's he's going to take, he's going to do the five sugars and the condensed milk <laughs> and the Milky Way and the seven newspapers. And he's going to take that drive and put it somewhere else. Yeah. This guy's yeah. freaking crazy. He, he is driven. Like, I, I think that's the sense you're supposed to get. This is a driven guy. He's got like the t- the, the sort of innate skill set to get along with people yeah. and stuff. And I mean, that, I like him. I look yeah. at his face. I like him. Yeah. And when yeah. he comes in, he says, you ain't got no skills. I'm like, yeah, dude, he doesn't have any skills. <laughs> you're right. so great. Very dude, funny. yeah. I honestly wish Benny had had like more of a character. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish we had seen the corporate fight that he was going for the entire time because like he mentions it. I never really see it though. You see him like well, working as a dispatcher. Well, it's, it's only, it's only that he's, he's angry that, his boss is kind of giving up on the, on the whole thing. Cause he says in that, in the opening, in the height song that, you know, my, I'm making moves, making deals. My boss, like he doesn't know what's going on. And they're like, yeah, he's, he's going to rule you though. Like you're going to lose this eventually. Yeah. He's like, nah. And then he totally does. But I, I've seen that happen. You know, people, you know, devote themselves to businesses. And then even when the business goes under, they fight until the last day he does. Right. Yeah. He goes in the night before the business closes. Yeah. Uh, I actually felt like he had a, a like he's a, he's 19. Right, 18, yeah. 19 years old, as is Nina. Yeah, these people don't have characters. I mean, like <laughs> they're, they're, they're high school kids essentially, and they're so to ask for more than what we're given, I think, is well. There's I don't know. a lot of songs dedicated to people without characters. Then that is true. No, they, <laughs> well, they should have. They should. Yeah, it, they should have been more fleshed out. I think though that the actors here are giving everything that they have. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I absolutely agree. What, what, oh, what is, okay, what, yeah, what, yeah. But just to just to land the point, that that is a dream sequence. Like that's something. There's mm-hmm. everything else in this movie is is pretty grounded. Dealing with dreams, but is very grounded. The dancing is very grounded. The music is very grounded. I think like that's one of the things with um, Lin Manuel Miranda's like music is that like in in the way he uses rap and and everything is like it makes it a very real world that you're in. Usnavi and Vanessa. They're very practical, which is part of why we don't see them have like big love moments because they're both like practical thinkers, sort of. Um, they're, they're, whereas, they're dreamers, but they're very pragmatic. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, they gotta, they're they're pragmatic. The they, they've got, but okay. their dreams are pragmatic as well. Whereas Benny and Nina are like, they're, they're dreamers and, and they're going to do this. And this scene puts everything on his side. And we see kind of like, here's the fulfillment of their relationship, which unfortunately might not last, but it's beautiful now. And by yeah. dreamers, we just, just really quickly, we, we mean those who wonder and have figments of imagination, not the real life group of people that right. are mentioned in this right. movie that are undocumented people yes. that are, that are here. That becomes yeah. a big plot point. Just wanted to make that clear. Yeah. I really do like That's the visualization, the visualizations of this scene. Like I do like, like they're talking about the sunset and maybe this, you know, maybe their relationship is over and they're dancing on the side. It's really fun. Yeah. But I, I've said all the butts, except one yeah. more butt, one more butt. The CGI kind of irritated me. Like as soon as they walk outside, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is CGI. This is not <laughs> terribly great CGI, but it's CGI. And then it's like, oh, now they're standing on the side of it. Now I understand why these brick walls were CGI. <laughs> uh, well, what's your favorite musical scene? Oh, my favorite musical scene is 96,000. Like, I think, yeah. I think bar none, that is my favorite. Like, they come out. They come out of Usnavi's shop and they learn about the lottery ticket, right? And then immediately, it's like Benny and Usnavi, Sonny, and then some other guy. The, the, the graffiti guy. The graffiti guy. Pete. That's that's Who? all these. Pete? Who? Pete. Yeah, his name is Pete. Pete. Right? Yeah, yeah the right. graffiti guy, Pete. Usnavi, Benny, Sonny, Pete. <laughs> They literally call him Graffiti Pete, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they do. It's Graffiti Pete. It's the best graffiti artist name I have ever heard of. Like, he just signed everything. Graffiti Pete. Uh, Yeah. But they're walking down the street, and they're all talking about what they're going to do with the money, and then Usnavi's kind of making fun of them, calling them, like, Frodo, or they're they're making, like, Star Wars references, too. And while they're doing this, like, there are, like, Stick figures coming out of their hands, like with lightsabers or with golf clubs or with uh, or with a ring. Little, even little, little animations, yeah, yeah. like yeah. like Graffiti Pete's holding a lightsaber and the lightsaber is drawn and like like uh, yeah. Snobby pushes the button and the lightsaber goes back down. Like all these flourishes, yeah, that sort of bring this scene out and oh. make it more impactful, right? But yeah, walking down the middle of the street while we have like the the throbbing bass going boom 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 yeah. boom boom boom. It's very aggressive. Yeah. It's oh, I love that. I love it. And then. And then they go to like the the public swimming pool and they tell everybody about it. And then that's when the song changes and we get like Benny starts doing his own thing. He starts talking about like having like a free easy life, right? And then the salon ladies figure it out and they have their own like one, two, three, what would you do yeah. with ninety-six G's? And then you have Vanessa. Yeah. And then you have Vanessa, she's doing like her pop thing and who's Nobby's rapping like along with the the throbbing bass and each time they're singing there's like a slightly different there's a variance in the music and then there's one point where everybody comes together and they're all singing on top of each other like water ballet all of it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. there's water ballet people like like kicking up water every like there's water everywhere there's water everywhere (laughs) too the water it goes (laughs) under the water everybody's beats are playing on top of each other while they're all singing they're own different like dreams for what they want with this money it's really cool and then you have the biggest like they're all in the water dancing and they chant ninety six thousand, and then the numbers come up and then turns out none of them got it that was great right that is such a that's such a great scene that is a wonderful scene i love it What, what what do you think liz 
What, what, what's your what's your favorite? It was has it already been named? Uh, yeah, it's Paciencia um, yeah! for sure. I mean, yeah. it's a close tie with ninety six thousand for sure. It's true, but they're so they're such different songs that it's hard to even put them in the same class. But I I just loved I just love Paciencia because one of my favorite characters in this film is Claudia, and I loved learning more about her and. Um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't help but think about what it must have been like for my own grandfather to come to this country. Um, and he actually came from a ton of wealth. My family was very, very wealthy in Mexico, and they left it all to come to flee to America because in they were the Mexican to. Revolution. They were essentially forced to. They were, um, they basically said no to the Mexican government when they uh, wanted help uh, during the uh, Cristeros basically persecution in Mexico. They said they wouldn't help the government. And so basically they were going to be killed in the middle of the night and they fled. They had nothing and they just started over and came to the U S and my grandparents eventually like opened this very, very successful Mexican restaurant in Southern California. And it worked out great for them. But like, can you even imagine having to go through something like that? I can't. I've lived in the U.S. my entire life, and I've never really had to question my status in life or anything. And that, that actually was also what I was thinking about listening to 96000 Because I was thinking, like, you know, it would be pretty awesome if I won $96,000. But at the same time, I don't think it would fundamentally change our way of life. We'd probably just no. put it on the mortgage or something. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, like, like, you know. Eh. That would be so awesome. We'd be way closer to paying off our mortgage, but it wouldn't like change our lives forever. Yeah, that's it not life changing money anymore. No. No. And that's, you know, not, I don't say that to brag or anything, but it just made me realize like all these things I take for granted that I just don't even think about that, you know, two generations ago would not have been close to true. Yeah. So that's why I liked both of those numbers. All right. You know, they, they make I, a reference to that. Usnavi kind of like makes a reference to that. Yeah. Um, he talks about how, like, you know, after taxes, this is going to be, you know, like you're a broke. Bundle, yeah, a bundle yeah. of coal or something. But that that it is, I, I think, I think that's it, why they chose that kind of money, like that number. It's not a million yeah. dollars. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a like lot that. of money, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But like, right. I, but think, for, I think for, the taxes on yeah. lottery winnings is something like 40%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, but still, right. you know, like, 40K, if you take it, if you take it in a lump, that's freaking You know what great. I mean? Like, yeah. if you did the, the, the monthly payments for like 15 years, it's less tax. But, Still, like it's it it is not really gonna change. It's not like I could walk out of my job and quit. Exactly, you know? exactly. Like yeah. we'd probably do a nice vacation and then save the rest. Of course, you know? and like and like get a get another car or something. Maybe like, something yeah. upgrade. Like that. Yeah, we definitely would <laughs> get a phone upgrade. Something about Paciencia y Fe that I just wanted to mention really quickly that I thought was very impactful is that that wonderful moment where they're she's she's kind of talking about you know the promise of America and the dream of it, but she's being hemmed in on all sides. And there's this golden beam of light that's coming down and she reaches out and it just as her hand closes around it, it turns into just another pole on a subway car. Mm, and like, yeah. this is the dream that you get to ride the subway. And this is, this is what you, this is what you wanted, right? Yeah. This is what it's like living here. I didn't notice that. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Everything about that song is really beautiful. Yeah. It was a close call for me too, between that and 96,000. But there's one thing about, Paciente with that like that I didn't like and it has nothing to do with the song because the song and the number that they're dancing it's phenomenal but it it felt 
cheap. It felt cheap no. emotionally because like it's like, oh, this character is about to die and you're just trying to send her off with the bang. And then we're never going to get anything more. And it, it's like unearned, you mean? Yeah. Do you mean unearned more than cheap necessarily? Like like this is this is the f- the fulfillment of it seemed it felt Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, guess un- I, I, yeah. I equivocate unearned and cheap all the time. But yeah. Okay. That's I guess what I to mean. me like what what I think of when I think cheap is like like they're like Hallmark Channel emotions are cheap. Like it's very easy to make you feel something. Like if you, oh, like, I, don't know, dog well, I see what you're like saying. Like the Sarah McLaughlin commercial, that's cheap. <laughs> um, it's a cheap shot. Uh, unearned is like it's kind of like that, but it's like this is something that would have been deserved if you had done the work to get there. So, like you, so you, you're allowed that payoff. To reference our last uh, new released episode, uh, Army of the Dead. When uh, Dave Batista's doing this, <laughs> Dave Batista's love interest like expresses love for him. All of a sudden, <laughs> then he realizes she's a love interest, and then she dies. That's what this feels like to me. Oh, I felt like that was cheap. This feels unearned, but again, that also feels I, unearned as I, well. I, well, so I, unearned and cheap. I think talking about where this where this sits and feeling like it's from a different movie is that. This entire film, we have not in any way really touched upon the immigrant experience from the first generation. It's always been through the lens yeah. of these second or third generations. Yeah. And this is the first time we're dipped into that. So it's 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 very abrupt. It's necessary, I think, because otherwise this would this would be a really angsty, kind of a whiny musical, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it would not have depth. But the fact that they're using an immigrant story to frame the context of these other second generation or third generation stories makes it feel very out of place and in some ways unearned because they're using it to drive the depth of the story and the story is not necessarily driving that way. This is actually Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the story of the movie. This is all plot. The plot is the grandma dies. The story doesn't fundamentally change. He's still going to the Dominican Republic. She's still going up downtown. Yeah. Nina still doesn't want to go to Stanford. Benny still doesn't know what's going on. No, nothing changes in the movie because of the these this scene. But it finishes the framework that it's been building this whole time. It adds kind the of. missing piece well, of like sort of. and just yeah. and, and here kind and of. here's the immigrant story. This is where yes. they came from because this is kind of a family drama or like like a generational drama. If it's bit. if it's not there, it would have been very glaring. Yeah. So it's very good yeah. that it's done so well. But it feels maybe not unearned, maybe not cheap, but I would say formulaic. Okay. Not in its execution, mm. but it, in its place in the story is that this usually happens here. Um, but what I would usually oh, expect like the, from this scene like is... the character death? Is that yeah. what you're saying usually happens? Yeah. Yes. That, and that's what I'd say. I, I don't want to drive it too far underground yeah. because this, yeah. is, this is my favorite part. And I think the part of the movie that works yeah. the best. But I do see that maybe in terms of overall structure, it might be a little bit of something lacking. I really yeah, wish... I really wish, like her theme or her song would have come up for just like seconds at a time earlier when she was talking and giving advice to people. Then I mean, it she would does have... say paciente y fe literally every second sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says that, but like, and so it feels earned in that way, but like not as like when she starts singing, you're like, oh, this is surprising. I wasn't expecting this. 
you know um <laughs> yeah like it would have yeah. been cool if she had actually like sung sung some songs before she was on her deathbed yeah yeah all right so before we finish out our episode here and talking about some other questions we have uh we just want to thank you liz uh for joining us thank you for giving us some of your time thanks for having me this was a lot of fun guys yeah, come back soon awesome. i'll come yeah, back soon welcome. yeah please come back soon <laughs> Anytime you want to like walk by and open the door and sit down, we'll all be talking. So, <laughs> all right, have a good night. All right, enjoy. Good night. So, I guess now we've talked about favorite scenes. We've gone over everyone who's in this. Maybe we can talk about. I don't know something about dreams. Yeah. What about dreams? Uh, dreams. Yeah. So I sometimes go to sleep at night and I have vivid uh, visual and auditory hallucinations that plague me until I wake up at night. That's crazy. I man. call them dreams. What? <laughs> That's wild. But there's a secondary kind of dream. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about those kind of dreams, Vito. We're talking about the other kind of dreams that other people have. Oh, Clearly not oh. you. Not just Vito <laughs> sleeps, as I call them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but in terms of how these never characters... thought of dreams this way before. Vito sleeps. <laughs> I, I, I have Vito sleeps all the time. Liminal <laughs> <laughs> state somewhere between waking and, and sleeping. It's like a constant state of sleep paralysis. <laughs> but talking about dreams in terms of like ambitions. So Lemon Miranda is obsessed with ambition. Yeah. It's the thing that drives me most to his work, and the thing that also alienates me the most from his work is this constant manic energy this anxiety surrounding legacy and ability and promise and all of his characters are always either about driving forward constantly hamilton himself or or pulling back against them like washington like abuela right everyone there's there's always a push and pull which creates this beautiful dramatic tension it's always the same tension but it's very very tense especially for someone like me who is always warring with himself about it so watching this movie, all four of these characters have different dreams, different ambitions, different things that move them in this uh, nervy, crazy kind of way. And so Usnavi, he wants out. He wants to find his Suanito, right? Yeah. Uh, he also describes Vanessa's Suanito, wanting to be a designer. Nina doesn't really know what she wants, but she knows that Stanford really sucks and she's really alone and she misses home, but feels like she can't go back. And Benny, like Benny, I think he's just sad that Nina's gone. And he doesn't know what to do with his life. And he likes this job and he wants more of it, but he's well, not he sure what that step is. He wants to be a high earner. Is. Yeah. He wants to be a high earner. That's what he wants. Yeah. What, what do you guys think is, is sort of being said about dreams? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, I think it's really interesting. Everyone has a dream, right? Um, and that's the 96,000 scene is like, you're seeing everybody's dreams sort of occur. And with, uh, with Paciente, Paciencia. Like that is all about having come to the end of the dream as well. Like everything's about this dream, about motion and going going somewhere to try to achieve what you want. But it's interesting because the end of the movie is is kind of like maybe you've already found that dream, which is different from Hamilton, right? Like it's different from it seems like his other sort of major Je things. Jesse, it's it's mostly different, right? Because no one's shot to death, <laughs> right? <laughs> A little bit, but. You know what? I'm going to save that for a Hamilton conversation. I think about that Hamilton sing a lot, especially yeah. the last part when it's like, who's going to write your history? Turns out to be his yeah. wife. We treated like shit. 
who, <laughs> threw, who threw away all of his letters that could have redeemed him. So if only burn, he burn, had actually, yeah, if only he had actually paid attention to her, then, then his legacy would have carried on, but he just misplaced where his legacy was. Oh, but, just thinking about that, like, gives me chills up and down my spine. This, no, this isn't no, Hamilton. No, cut it. This no, Hamilton. Hamilton. I hate Hamilton. saying this, but this isn't Hamilton. I really wish it was. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's Sorry, that's Manuel what, Miranda. Like, that's yeah. pro- the problem within the Heights. You wish it was Hamilton, but it's not quite. It's not quite. It's not. It's not quite showing like, like this disparity between dreams and then maybe choosing the wrong one at the wrong time. Instead, we're getting like this kind of this watered down version that I feel like I've seen in a hundred Hallmark versions, which is like maybe the dream you've had all along is right in front of you the entire time and you never knew it. Maybe you already found your island. <sighs> so I did. I did want to put forward a very. I think a probably incorrect and very uncharitable reading of this movie <laughs> is that everyone wants to leave the barrio. And in the end, they're just realized they're happier there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're so much happier where they started in the barrio, right? It's like the hero's journey without the journey. You just don't go anywhere. <laughs> you just realize I should just stay here and not change anything. Cause really nothing changes for anybody. But everyone just learns to sort of become resigned or happy to that. Isn't yeah. that the lesson of 2020? Like, <laughs> just stay home. Don't go anywhere. This should have come out anything. last year. <laughs> I feel like it's the perfect ending. Yeah. Uh, I, will, <laughs> so I that, will add a I, little bit. Like, I think I think Nina is supposed to be the monkey wrench into that. But yes. But it's because her option is so clear. She should not stay there. She should go to Stanford. Right, like it's like now, now. now I, well, I mean, I, I did, like, I, I, no, I, yeah. I felt more connected to Nina than I felt connected to anybody. The stuff that she's talking about is exactly the stuff as someone who did drop out of college. I felt going back home, the intense humiliation, the the questioning from every single person in your small neighborhood asking you what happened. Everyone telling you you got out, you got to go to the nice school, you did so well. What's it like? And you say, well, it's a lot of tests and a lot of papers, and they, everyone says, good luck. You know, we're counting on you. Good job for getting out and doing this stuff. And it's just so humiliating to leave and it's very difficult to resign yourself to moving back. So I don't know how much of that character is actually in the movie or actually written in or how much I'm putting on it. But she said it was home. She wants to be there. Like that's her dream. I mean, like there's a lot of, I don't know. I I kind of felt, I I definitely had more, I don't know. I, 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 I felt what she was going through a little bit more too. And, uh, cause, cause I also came home. I ended up finishing, but, with uh like she's not just the biggest concern for her is actually the racism that she's experiencing that i think um, that's actually what's coming the lack of community that she has that's why she wants to go home yeah it's because of the aggression of strangers yeah but she's also like i don't want to go home because no one's going to understand yes that's a pretty i don't know like I think it's deeply in general in, in like the first year of college. I, I, think, it's, I think it's deeply yeah. compelling. And I think it also yeah. has several layers. Yeah. And so fear from aggression from the outside, fear of yeah. being having racist action taken against you. Also fear of rejection from your own community that you also miss is a wild mess of contradictions that feels very much like real life. And realizing that the only way for you to go to college is for your father to give up all of his dreams. Yeah. 
Like yeah. these are these are all like compelling reasons that I think many people I know have have sort of gone through in different ways. So I I I I kind of disagree with you. I think completely on her story being compelling. kind of completely. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think I I actually think she's got probably the deepest story of our four main characters. Yeah, you know I'm actually not going to deny that. I actually connected with her the deepest because going to college, I also felt like maybe I don't really belong here. Maybe I should go. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. for far different reasons. For far different reasons, but like. I don't know. Like I connected with it. I just don't find it compelling. Like you're not interested in that story. That's not the story I came to see or hear about. Like I want to see Usnavi going to Puerto or not Puerto Rico, the Dominican the Republic, Dominican Republic to yeah. establish a bar. What sort of dream is that? That is that's out there, man. Go do that. You go establish that bar on a beach. I want to see that bar, right? I mean, that that's a dream that like it's almost like dreams should be something that are far away from me and not close to home and when i see somebody going through something that i've been through a little bit and making a decision about it, it's like i don't care about you like go back to the people who have dreams that i'm actually considering like what if i did own a bar on a beach somewhere How so you've already like be? You've already sort of gone through that experience, so you don't feel compelled by by the story, or yeah. you don't feel a need to experience that through by proxy. I guess there's that, and it's also like such a mundane thing, right? It feels like a little yeah. aspect of life, and not like a not like what I would expect from a huge blockbuster, which I I thought I was walking into, and I think this movie kind of is. I, th- I feel that I feel that's fair. I also kind of felt that I was like, oh, this is just a story about a small town girl trying to like make it big, but not feeling like she has a place. Like I've seen that a million times, but I think it's also like pretty meaningful, especially in these communities. Like, I don't know. It's, it's... I, I, I just want to say, I definitely found, I, I go to movies to, to see something I haven't seen before. And I, I didn't think that I would get to see something that's so closely paralleled a lot of the stuff that I had experienced I didn't think that I'd be able to see it from the outside. Yeah. And that was new to me. And that was very revelatory. And I, I really appreciated seeing that. I, I felt like I haven't seen my experiences in so many ways, not in the exact same ways, obviously. I mean, different coasts, uh, different heritages. I mean, I'm not Dominican. That's, yeah. that's a much different thing. But seeing the college thing, seeing the growing up thing, seeing the wanting to get out thing, seeing the sacrifices that your parents make. Like in all those ways, in this very unique way, it was presented in this package I'd never seen before. And I felt very moved by it. I felt very, 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 to borrow a terrible parlance that I hate, I felt very seen by it. I just felt like I was acknowledged in a way that I didn't think anyone acknowledged people like me. And that was nice, even if it was in a small way. And that's why I really love Nina. And that's why I really love her story. Even if she does have the worst line in the movie, let me listen to my blog. <laughs> <laughs> do people say that man i never that? would <laughs> dude no shush shush guys let me listen to my blog yeah i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that when you guys start saying stuff i disagree with and i'm gonna take out my headphones and leave <laughs> That's awesome. you know i i, I was kind of thinking a little bit about um to just like totally veer away from the dreams conversation about like this compared to hamilton you better hurry up because i gotta pee Okay. I I, I feel like it has to be acknowledged. I know like this isn't a Hamilton pod, but I I think just about everyone is familiar with Hamilton to greater or lesser degree. Who? Alexander Hamilton? (laughs) The name is Alexander Hamilton. (laughs) 
Oh, it's so good. But like I saw this and I did not know that he had written this as a college student. Um, when I sort of looked into it, it made a lot more sense and I was a lot more open to it than I was sort of like in the middle of it where I'm like, this feels like a knockoff Hamilton. And instead I'm able to see it sort of like a, oh, this is what he did that led to Hamilton. Like yeah. there's so many things in here that I feel are are Hamilton, like like the the speed and like the wordplay that goes on in Hamilton is here in uh, in a seminal form. Bingo. Oh, there's your bingo card. <laughs> I mean, just just the line that Stephanie Beatrice says, like, now that you mentioned the sexual tension, it's easy to see. Like that, like yeah. that. The, the, the there's so yeah. many words crammed into one bar. And it it it's sloppy at times. Yes, but you can see him like actively working. Like I feel like I heard the Skyler sisters a couple times. In this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, just like the, yeah. the, the tension that he draws you in and out of in the songs when he brings like in 96,000, when he's got all of these people with extremely different lyrics coming together in something that like orally just sounds amazing somehow. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like he does it once here and he does it for an entire show in Hamilton. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, we, we have to go back though. So we're here because we're talking about Nina, and I threw in Nina because she's a monkey wrench to the idea that the barrio oh. is a place that you want to live, right? That's your dream, and okay, she's yeah. she's the one who's who doesn't have that. So I guess her character is necessary. Man, I still just wish she wouldn't have gotten nearly as much attention. I'm actually fine with her. You know, what? I'm gonna stop talking about <laughs> Nina for just a second and talk about dreams because dreams are important, and then they constantly bring it up. Like maybe dreams. I think Usnavi says. Maybe dreams are far rougher than you think. Maybe it's it's not just like a pure diamond. And I, I don't even know what to think. Like, is his dream to stay there? Or is his dream to go to the Dominican Republic? And it's just that he realized that that would be just as good as staying where he was. I think he just realizes that he's needed here. He's not needed there. Yeah. You know, he's got his, he's got his cousin, you know, he's trying, he's, he's, he's got to try and like get him a green card, you know, raise him because his dad isn't going to raise him. Yeah. Okay. He, yeah. He's a dreamer and he wants to go to college. He has all these, yeah. he, he literally has dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it's not for Usnavi, it, it's, it won't work out for this kid. Can I also say this, like probably my biggest complaint with this musical, and maybe, maybe y'all had some sort of connection with this, but the scene where Vanessa takes him, to his shop and has her clothes set up and oh, says it's bullshit i've always wanted you you said you've always wanted to see the world through my eyes well here it is and he oh, sees it mannequins it with sucks. her clothes and then she says oh yeah by the way pete drew this mural and turns out pete's in the room and yeah. then you like the camera graffiti pans, pete. Pete, pete, who never sorry, mattered sorry. who never mattered <laughs> graffiti pete I believe. Graffiti. his first name is graffiti listen mr pete is in this room and I don't care about him. <laughs> I've never cared about him. I've never really enjoyed him. He's the worst part of 96,000 because he interrupts from the beautiful choreography to just watch him like paint with sunscreen cans. And I, I don't, I don't really dig graffiti. Pete, he kind of bugs me. I didn't like him in this His scene. graffiti isn't that great. They, I think it just felt like we should have another character here. Yeah. And so it should be the guy that can make the mural. 
But that the ending and, and then is they throw in flat Sunny. as hell. Yeah. That the ending is flat as hell. It does not work for me. I do not like it. I do not like the bookend of, of the kids. Yeah. I do not like it, Sam I am. I do not like it on a train. <laughs> okay. I do not like it in the plane. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say if if it didn't have that bookend, this movie would probably get four stars. Yes, absolutely. Like, that bookend so I, I from the get-go. I thought this movie was going to be a shocking movie because I thought what the message was going to be was like the American dream is dead and yeah. you need to go home if you want to be successful. Yep. And I, I, that would be shocking. Like, have you seen that Never. in a movie, Never. in a musical, Nope. in a huge Hollywood musical? That would be, that, that would be, when I see, whatever it when is, I see Pulitzer Prize finalist, yeah. I would expect that ending. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Something like truly shocking and challenging to the form beyond the fact that it's hip hop. And the reason why I thought that too is because because of the bookend. Because he is on an island oh, yeah. in the beginning of the movie. For sure. Like they are on an island and I get like, like you know, when I'm done and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I get we're kind of seeing this through his daughter's eyes and probably in her mind, like every time she goes into the no, corner of the store. No, we're not. It's always through a snobby I, yeah, looking yeah. at his daughter. I, I'm trying to understand the filmmaker's decision. Oh, um, I don't think it can be understood. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's I don't cheap. Think, it's That's cheap. cheap. Yeah, and so it's this switcheroo at the end, and it's like, oh, no, we're here all the time, and, like, there's definitely, I remember there was water. There was, there's a scene where they film, and then Stephanie Beatrice, with some of the supporting yeah. guys, is standing on the beach in the water, singing yeah. the song. And he's, like, sad, and he's crying and stuff, because he's like, oh, I'm never going to see them again, because now I'm in the Dominican Republic, and it, eh, he's, a, he's, I don't know, he's a few stops down. Like, he could go see them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's really boring, but it's also setting... Well, I don't know. If he had moved to the Dominican Republic, then it would have seemed like... I don't know. Is it really that easy to start up a bar that's been totally demolished by a hurricane in the Dominican Republic? I don't think so. So it's also know. like... So it also felt like an ultra dream. Like a Hallmark kind of dream. Uh, Something that, that wasn't present in the original copy. He just, Usnavi just talked to the people. <laughs> it yeah. just worked good because Usnavi, when, it, when Usnavi talks to the kids, he's actually talking to us. And you, that's better. That's yeah. better. Just yeah. do that. Just have him break the fourth wall a bunch. It would have been fun. That would have been fun. I just imagine if he yeah. turned around and looked directly into our eyes and said, hey, y'all, good morning. I would have felt really warm by that. I'd be like, oh, thanks, yeah. man. I'm here. Yeah. It would have felt less confusing. Right, because yes. I felt so confused and a little bit betrayed at the end. It's like, oh, so this movie doesn't have this sort of like hallmarky vision. Well, then what does it have? Does it have like this down to earth vision? Doesn't quite have that either. I'm not sure what this has. It ends yeah. up kind of having a hallmark vision of like, oh, happiness is really just where you are, like yeah. Moana yeah. in the opening song. I I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think point. it does have more of a meaningful ending than that. But I think that by setting it up this way, we're expecting to have kind of this shocking message in this movie. And we don't we don't get that. We're shocked by the ending not being shocking. Yeah. And as Lynn puts it, he said, it should be a shock for those at home who have seen the musical for me to for the movie to open this way. Because then they're like, what? He's on an island? But I've already seen the musical. Like I've already seen the Broadway show. I know yeah. how this is. Why is he on an island? Is this whole thing going to be like yeah. changed? No. Oh, no, just... oh, shout out to to Dom, who apparently has seen the musical and really did like that. According huh. to really his letter... did, did not like it. He did. He did like it, according to his letterbox <laughs> review. 
because well, there's and that makes sense. That actually makes sense having you said that. Story. Yeah, if he if he knows the story, then this makes far more sense why someone would respond to it well. But like me not having. I didn't know anything about this movie except like some some previews. I had no idea what was coming. It just felt disappointing. I felt like yeah. he made it he made it for the literal like tens of thousands of people that had seen <laughs> in the heights and yeah. not for, you know, the tens the of millions, millions of people yeah. that would consume the content. <laughs> I mean, with that I feel like I would have been okay. Like I would have liked it more because I wouldn't have been set up for for this shocking like do the right thing type That's shocking true. movie that it ended up not being. Um, Mookie does not throw the trash can in this. Yeah, no, like that's a shocking. It's great. It's a great movie with a shocking message, and and this one doesn't. Instead, it's it's a small character story, which is fine. Like I'm fine with that. If you don't set it up for like a massive message about society, well, I think I think we <laughs> might have to call it. I think yeah, we might have to call it. it. Maybe maybe we can like kind of come back and circle back around through some of these ideas when we do whenever we do get to Hamilton I, or I'd do like the right thing or do the right thing. Man, I'd be scared to do that one. Uh, <laughs> but we have to close as always and ask, is this a dad's movie for me? It is. I'm not particularly excited for it as a movie, but as a jumping off point to a very worthwhile conversation about heritage. Uh, I am excited for that. That and I think this movie very easily segues into that, and so I mean I, I am excited for that. I'm excited to have that conversation with my kids about where they come from and who they are, and have this movie help me with that. Like hearing your reasons, it makes me want to, but then thinking of watching this for two and a half hours again, <sighs> I don't. I really don't want to do it. Like there has to be. I will go to the depths of the internet to find another movie. <laughs> or, or better yet, I will show them select scenes. Which I feel like might do better because I think this has some seller scenes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's correct that. Some stellar scenes in it. And I want to show them those. like 96,000 in uh, Pacencia y Fe. I want to show them those. And then the opening. And then I'm not sure if I really need to show them anything else in this movie. I'll just show them those things. So no, this isn't a dad movie. But it has some dad scenes. New qualification. I'm just adding That's it good. right That's now. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, hey, you know, go off book. <laughs> Scratch the record. Who cares? <laughs> I I uh, I wanted this to be I I I don't think it's a dad movie. I I think it's not a dad movie for me. I don't know. I like like I said there's there's stuff about this that I think is really valuable and I guess I hope that it opens the door for more things like it that are that are better between now and when in 10 in 10 years from now. Yeah, it would be nice if the Latino yeah. community had more than like this and like blood in blood out. Like it yeah. would just be nice if there was just some more yeah. Uh, some were exploring how maybe Latinos are not all like violent gangbangers who deal drugs. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be cool. Yeah. But we're people with a culture that love each other and have emotions and, and are real. I'd like that to be addressed more. It would be really nice. And I think yeah. there's some things that are, that are addressing that. Um, I'd like to promote those, uh, but I totally understand your guys' points of view too. I, yeah. I, I get it. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but just, man, just so they can understand Abuela Claudia and maybe I can tell them about my Abuela, my Bisuela, I would, I, I can't wait to show this just for that because that means so much to me. 
I, I feel, I feel kind of like I kind of want them to see it. Like when we're going through the big musical phase that I'm sure my two daughters are going to go through, like at some Currently point going through <laughs> are, are going to go through for the rest of their lives. They have not stopped singing since they were born. It's That's wild. True. That's true. It's amazing. But like, because I feel like I have very specific and certain reasons why I don't think this works as a whole. And like very specific reasons what I, what I do like about it. Like my thoughts are full. Like I get, I, I know what I think fully about this movie. And so I want to be like, here's another piece of sort of cultural detritus that we can encounter and understand. And you'll go forward with your life from here, knowing more. And I'll be like, dad, I don't want to know more. I just mm. want to go have fun. Like, no, you must learn. <laughs> you must but, learn. Yeah. The dad is statement of all. Jesse, any final thoughts? Nah, nah. Like I was disappointed by this and I wish, I wish it had stood up to what I thought it was going to be. And it didn't. And it's not terrible, but it's not super great. That's it. Anything else? Last that, No, I got no more. What about uh, you? I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand it not being such a positive uh, experience, but I don't know. I felt a lot of deep things that I hadn't felt before. I would recommend it to people. I would, I would recommend cool. it. I hope that people enjoy it. I think a lot of people will, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I guess until we check in again, we will be, after this, kicking off our detective series. We're all very excited for that. And next week, for our first detective series... Wait, hold on, hold on. We'll... I think we're going to go far with it. <laughs> very good. Very good. It's Fargo! <laughs> <laughs> don't you know? Oh, don't you? Oh, you betcha. Oh, yeah. Oh, you betcha. Oh, uh, uh, we're very excited for that one. Uh, we recorded it a little bit ago uh, just to coincide with the visitor that is on the pod. But uh, we hope you like it. Uh, yeah, but from all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. Oh, geez, it's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.